Hey, Locked On Wild listeners, this is Joe Bully from Locked On Wild. And before we start the show today, I do want to just uh, make mention of our title sponsors, BuiltBar.com. They've been sponsoring the entire network here for Locked On and Locked On Wild especially. Um, please check out BuiltBar.com to order your first pack of Build Bars. And you can you, when you go to checkout, use the promo code Locked On. We also have another one called uh, Rock Auto which is rockauto.com. Check them out. They're a family business that uh, sells auto parts uh, for way cheaper than you can get at some of the big chain stores. So please check them out. Uh, Today's tone is going to be a little bit different. So in lieu of a live read, uh, I want to make sure that uh, our listeners, you go out to those businesses, check them out. Please uh, support them because they support this podcast. Thank you. And let's start the show. You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild, every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your host, Joe Bully of ZoneCoverage.com. And with me is not going to be Tony. He is uh, wrapping up some writing uh, for uh, for his articles this week. That will be posted on ZoneCoverage.com. Uh, you can find all of our written work on Zone Coverage, so I encourage you to check that out. It's been one hell of a week his name was George Floyd the video we saw on Facebook on Twitter any other social media was horrifying that video we were all witness to the death of a man at the hands of the Minneapolis Police Department. His name was George Floyd. It was four police officers, three of which held him down, one that stood guard while people that were videotaping, I suppose, recording the incident, pleading with the police officers to check him, pleading with them to let him up. The guy was crying for his mother, Pleading to breathe. And what we saw was indifference and machismo and bravado by a power-tripping cop who showed absolute indifference to human life. The crime that was alleged that uh, George Floyd was accused for was not something that was punishable by death. And what this was, was murder. And all three of the other officers that didn't necessarily have their knee on their on the neck of George Floyd were all complicit in accessories to murder. Minneapolis and St. Paul then erupted. I watched buildings that I have driven by, that I have worked in, that I have eaten in, go up in flames. I saw them vandalized. The city that I have gone to often. I live in the suburbs, actually just outside the suburbs, but the cities that I have gone to, that I love going to, to watch my favorite teams, were hurting. The state was hurting. It was so surreal to watch places that I've been to, places that I've eaten in, places that I've gone to or walked by or driven by were in flames. The community that I've worked in multiple times. I've done a lot of work in in South Minneapolis. 
and a, a community that was scared, scared of their, for, for their own home, for their business, scared of the police who are supposed to be there to protect them. Sports have been probably the furthest thing from my mind. Be, you know, it was incredibly tough to write last week. It was incredibly tough to crack the mic here for this podcast. I've had the Lockdown Wild Twitter open, I don't know how many times, to try to come up with an official statement on, on where we are and how we feel about this. But I, I, I just feel like my words are meaningless. That, I, that they wouldn't come out right, that I wouldn't capture what I'm feeling and what the rest of uh, Minnesotans are feeling. Minnesotans are also got a big slap in the face. The Minnesota nice, the Midwestern sensibility, the fact that we weren't in the South, all gave us this happy-go-lucky feeling that we were somehow insulated from racism. When I can very well tell you that that's not the case. It's not even just what we're witnessing right now on TV. It's not even what we're seeing or hearing about in in hockey or across the state or even uh, what happened with near North and Rondo neighborhoods. It's still alive in the Facebook posts and the Twitter posts that I see from family and friends every day. It pains me when I hear this stuff, when I see this stuff. And yet, because I'm afraid of confrontation, I don't call it out. I've been terrible on that. You can get sucked into these these battles on Twitter on Facebook, on, uh, in podcasts, and you're worried about your ratings, you're worried about the, uh, you know, what it's going to look like if you get too political. You're worried about upsetting or, or losing a, a family member or a friend because you decided to call them out for a racist comment that they, that they said or posted or retweeted, or re-memed, or re-blogged, or whatever it was. I've been a wimp when it comes to that. Because I didn't want to be inconvenienced by a confrontation. To, s- to set the person right. This is what these riots are in Minneapolis. It is a giant slap in the face. Saying, wake up, Minnesota. It's a slap, a cold dousing of water, and a vigorous shake to the nation. That this is not okay. It is not okay to just stand idly by. It is not okay to be silent or just assume that, hey, nobody was really offended because no black person was actually around when it was said. Or, hey, I don't really want to get into a confrontation with, uh, with these people that, I, that I'm friends with or I'm family with. Rather not get into it. I don't want that inconvenience. In order to get change, and you must disrupt your life. Change is not convenient. It's what these riots in Minneapolis and stuff were. 
It was an inconvenience to the entire nation. It hurts. The truth hurts. Being slapped in the face hurts. Getting tear gassed, rubber bullet fired at you, that hurts. But you know what hurts? Watching a man having the life squeezed out of him because of indifference, because of people that would rather not be inconvenienced. Let's take my first break. Welcome back to Locked on Wild here on your Monday evening. It's Joe, your host from zonecoverage.com. Again, Tony is not here tonight. He is uh, wrapping up his writing for uh, zonecoverage.com, so make sure to check that out. We're talking about the riots, protests, and the fallout from the death and the murder of George Floyd in the hands of Minneapolis Police Department and um, on the streets of Minneapolis. The hockey world has decided to react. Uh, The Minnesota Wild, uh, just a few days ago, came out with a statement on Twitter. The Minnesota Wild is deeply saddened by the death of George Floyd on Monday night. Everyone in our community deserves the right to feel safe and protected. These times call for our community to come together and not be divisive. Our hearts and prayers go out to the family and friends of George Floyd. And... um, can't help but feel that um, it's pretty lacking. In fact, it's been pretty damn silent from the Minnesota Wild and Minnesota Wild players, even as today, as you see individual players across the league condemn the the actions of the Minneapolis Police Department and the and the officers that murdered George Floyd. The Minnesota Wild and their players have been incredibly silent. Zach Parisi was on with TSN, uh, I think, earlier this week. And um, this interview was conducted apparently on Friday afternoon. Uh, TSN did ask him, what's your perspective on what's happening in Minnesota right now? And he has a response saying, "Uh, it's scary. It's a scary time right now. Some horrific videos. That video came out with George Floyd. I mean, you don't really know how to put that in words. And now seeing what's happened to Minneapolis and St. Paul with the rioting and the looting and the fires, I mean, it, it's scary times. You hope they'll get it under control as soon as possible. The police are doing everything they can and the best they can, and we support the job they are doing and get everything, everything under control. I know the National Guard is here now. We hope that people, if they want to protest, protest peacefully, and hopefully we can put an end to the riots. I'm uh, I'm a little troubled by this statement by Zach Parisi. Um, certainly, he he expressed that the, watching the videos of of George Floyd and the murder that took place, watching that uh, was horrifying, and that's great that he acknowledged how horrifying it was. But the rest of that statement, I feel pivoted quickly to the unrest and the violent and the the protests and the riots, especially the, the burning that happened in South Minneapolis. And don't get me wrong. Nobody wants to see the destruction of, of communities and, and, and buildings and, and whatnot. But this is the first player to actually really say anything about what had happened. Not sure if this is an organizational thing, 
where they've just gone completely radio silent on it, but I don't I feel this is lacking. I feel this is milk toast. And then and granted, but Zach Preezy's a white guy. And he doesn't know the experiences of, of the African-American players either in the league or maybe necessarily in his community. I mean, he's got a couple of in Jordan Greenway and, and Matt Dumba on his team, JT Brown. Ask them, communicate with them, have a little bit more, a better perspective on this. And instead he comes off with this idea that he's, he it's scary because of the images that he's seen. And certainly, I'm not saying it wasn't scary. But the 90% of that statement was about Minneapolis and St. Paul, and 10% of it was about George Floyd. In a follow-up question, if some wild players want to get involved with the discourse that will follow this situation, how would that be received in the dressing room? A very valid point, talking about player relations. Uh, again, I talked about JT Brown, Jordan Greenway, um, and, and Matt Dumba, who are in that locker room with him. <laughs> this is a statement, and I'm just shaking my head. Well, we're all entitled to our opinions, and mine might differ from yours, but that doesn't mean we can't talk to each other. You know, we can all have a conversation and talk about, talk about it, and it's okay if we don't agree. It doesn't make you a bad guy. doesn't make me a bad guy. At the end of the day... We all want everyone to be safe, and we all want everyone to feel safe, and we don't want people to be losing their businesses, losing their buildings, losing their housing, and that's what's happening right now, and we just hope that can all come to an end. Again, he pivoted to the community and not so much with his, his teammates. I, uh, I def- certainly defended Zach Parisi earlier this year uh, on the ice in his play. But this statement, with a real chance to offer an olive branch from the professional side of of Minnesota hockey, and I can't imagine. I just I feel like he's completely fallen flat. I mentioned the the wild statement and how that felt like it fell flat. The fact that we haven't heard anything. From in, in like a formal statement from the players, as Jonathan Taves takes to Twitter or Instagram, and he goes on a long, gigantic, beautiful piece about about how he's un, he doesn't know what it's like, but that he wants change, that he wants to learn and understand. Anders Lee, who's from Minnesota, from Edina, puts out a statement about how the the, the pain that he's feeling. Zach Parisi talks about how it's sad to see the cities burn. And not so much about the murder that took place. Like I said, 10% of that statement actually mentioned George Floyd and actually what happened. And he supports the cops. And I'm not saying you can't support the cops. I'm not here to sit here and bash cops. But it must be recognized that the way policing is done in this nation is sketchy sketchy at best i mean it's it this shouldn't continue to happen 
And the Minnesota Wild, while it's not necessarily their place to get involved with politics, I, th- I feel like sometimes they're they're afraid. They're afraid to have that inconvenience. Like I mentioned in the in the uh, first segment, they're afraid to to really piss off their fans by coming out with saying anything that's too divisive, as they say. Rather than condemning the actions of the Minneapolis police, they took a middle-of-the-road path. Zach Parisi did the same thing. And it's frustrating. And, and look, I'm not saying you need to pick a side. You can be against the riots. You can be against the, the police brutality. You can be against or for a lot of different things. These problems are not black and white, even though you want to, it, it can be racial. I'm not even going about race, race right now. These problems are not black and white. There is a ton of gray. These are complex problems that don't have a panacea, but it needs to be, these problems need to be addressed. Discussions need to be had, and it needs to happen now. Before I take my last break, I do want to read a statement from the Toronto Maple Leafs. This was released by the Toronto Maple Leafs on May 31st. And this is a statement that I believe takes a stance because they are not afraid of what their fans might think. All of our collective hearts were broken as we watched the senseless murder of George Floyd, as well as the pain and frustration displayed in protests that followed across the globe. Together, we not only need to speak out against racism when we witness it, but commit ourselves to anti-racist efforts in the long run to ensure its defeat once and for all. Change is needed, and as leaders in our sport and community, the Toronto Maple Leafs are deeply committed to doing our part to help eradicate all forms of bigotry and racism. That is how a PR statement should do in times like these. I applaud the Toronto Maple Leafs for their statement. See if they can back it up, but that is how you do that. Minnesota Wild did not do that. And this happened in their own damn backyard. Let's take my final break. You're listening to Locked on Wild. Welcome back to the final segment here on Locked on Wild. Again, his name was George Floyd. He was senselessly murdered by Minneapolis police in the streets of Minneapolis. It is difficult to watch. And many people have begun to weigh in. Jason Zucker, former Minnesota Wild player, now part of the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, clearly not under the cone of silence by the Wild, has gone to Twitter and had a statement. Uh, being a white guy, obviously, he, he doesn't have firsthand knowledge of, of things that are hurled at, at hockey players like... Uh, P.K. Subban or, or Malcolm Subban or Akeem Alou or Matt Dumba or Jordan Greenway. But he does say this, and I think it's great to hear as a, um, as a white person for perspective. It is us versus racism. One of the most powerful things I can continue to read during this time is when your children ask you about this time, when they learn about George Floyd in our history books, what will you say you did in response to racism and injustice? 
At the very least, you can use your voice. I am pro-justice. I am pro-racial equality. I am pro-accountability. Black lives matter. I will never know the plight of our black community, but you have my support and my voice. My former teammate JT Brown has been and continues to be a great example of advocacy, and when he peacefully protested on a global platform, he deserved the full support of teammates, the NHL, and the fans. Supporting him silently was not and is not enough. To be better, we must listen, learn, and take action. My most important action will always be to teach my children what is just, what is true equality, and what, our, what the responsibility is to our community. We also believe it's our financial responsibility to support and we will continue donating to rebuild minority businesses that were affected during the protests. Black Lives Matter. Well said, Jason. People listen to the Zuckers. And I hope that his words ring true. You might be an ally. You might be, uh, you might say that you're not racist. But if you're not seeking it out and supporting them when they need their support, JT Brown was one of the only players. When Colin Kaepernick was taking a knee in the NFL, JT Brown was raising a fist during the national anthem. He was shouted down by haters. Not enough of his teammates stood up for him at that time. We remember when Ke'Andre Miller uh, was signed by the New York Rangers and during his introduction Zoom meeting, somebody had hijacked the Zoom meeting and just started posting the N-word. It was despicable. It was disgusting. It was horrendous to watch. You could see the look on his face as that happened. A guy that is from Minnetonka, Minnesota. One of our own, one of us. And he was shamed and, and, and humiliated for the color of his skin by fans that were supposed to cheer him on. And welcome him to this new squad. This was supposed to be a moment for him to to remember. Granted, it's during COVID, so it wasn't like it was, you know, an NHL debut or anything like that at the, at this time. But this was supposed to be a moment that he was supposed to be excited for, and it absolutely was robbed. He had this to say. I've struggled for months to find the words to express my frustration and anger over the Zoom conference call incident when I was to be introduced after signing my NHL contract. It's something that I won't ever forget, but with COVID-19 taking a stranglehold on the nation, it seemed like there were so many other priorities in the world that it wasn't my place to speak out about that incident. This pandemic isn't discriminatory. It has been difficult for everyone, and the priority was to keep everyone safe. Now... In the midst of the senseless death of George Floyd, at the hands of a Minneapolis police officer, the peaceful protests and violent riots have become the focus for us all. I want to express my growing concern for the safety of our citizens of color, specifically in my home state, given recent events. I support the Black Lives Matter movement. I struggle because I've never been fully accepted by either black community or white community. 
I struggle because for years I have been one of the only people of color on my hockey teams. I have been targeted because of my race when I was in youth hockey by some coaches, parents, and players. But I refused to give up because my love of the game. You can only imagine how it felt to have an organization like the New York Rangers draft me, the hockey player. For that one moment in time, I didn't have to be defined by the color of my skin, but rather by my hockey skills, athletic ability, and character. This is how it should be for all the time. It's time for action. It's time for change. And once and for all, it's time to let black people be judged based on who we are and not what we look like. Keandre Miller not only had a moment absolutely robbed from him on a point that at a time where he was should be celebrating, but he felt because of the circumstances going on in the country at that time that he could not it was not his place to speak up. This is a black man from Minnesota that had his moment ripped from him by racial slurs. Somebody hijacked that Zoom meeting. And he did not think it was his place to speak up about it afterwards. He struggled with it, he says, for, for months to try to find the words. He was angry. He was frustrated. He was humiliated. I wish Keandre Miller the best in New York. I wish the Wild would have moved up to draft him. He is a damn fine hockey player, and I I expect him to do well in the NHL. But forever, this will be the kid that had the N-word splashed across his Zoom meeting while he was introduced as a a new member of the, the New York Rangers. This is happening in his state as well. And uh, when I read the fact that, you know, it was, you know, his coaches, his teammates, and the parents that he felt attacked by during youth hockey. This is Minnesota. This is Minnesota hockey we're talking about. The youth hockey that we all grow to love, the community-based hockey that feeds into one of the greatest state tournaments in all of the nation. And a kid of color was feeling attacked by parents, coaches, and his teammates. It's a testament to his character that he did not refuse to give up and still loved to play hockey. People always thought he, he, he mentioned that he always was thought of because he was a lanky kid as well. Um, that he was a hockey player. Or not a hockey player, I'm sorry, a basketball player. Because that's the stereotype we put on African Americans. It's basketball, right? Or football? Can't possibly be hockey. That's the problem we have here in Minnesota. Youth hockey, which is supposed to be fun. It's kids having fun. Growing up with kids their age all the way through high school get to play in the state tournament eventually go on to college eventually go on to the nhl and that time in his formative years that were supposed to be the most joyous time of his life it's something that he looks back negatively because people in minnesota hockey youth hockey were judging him by the color of his skin 
Akimalu dealt with issues. Vander Kane dealt with issues. JT Brown on Twitter also had something to say regarding uh, the situations going on as well. And I just got to say that it, it's appalling. It's appalling that we're finding this appalling. We should know this. This is America. This is America's history. It's not appalling that this isn't something that we're just finding out that this actually exists. It has existed. And it's existed for years. We learn about it in in history, but we also get this ability as white folks to ignore it because we're not confronted with it every day in the face. I'm telling you, these Minneapolis riots are a slap in the face. It is that cold dousing of water. It's that vigorous shaking that says, wake up. It's not right. What's going on is ridiculous. I'm going to leave you with one more thing here from JT Brown that I think captures kind of a lot of what, uh, what he's doing here. He tweeted this out. What would you do to prevent your murder? To prevent the murder of your child, brother, sister, friend, community. We tried to peacefully kneel or raise a fist, but that made us un-American. A distraction. A son of a bitch. Today I am a thug, but tomorrow will I be a hashtag.